Welcome back to the Jerks in the Fourth Row podcast. It's election season, so naturally today we're going to be talking about ele- election entertainment. Join with me is the president in chief of our, of this podcast, homie. How's it going? Heyo. <laughs> God bless the jerks in America. And we are we are recording this in the middle of election season. Um, but today we're not going to be talking about left or right or politics or anything like that. We're just going to strictly get down to why um, the media or the you know entertainment business loves to come up with movies, come up with skits um, about the election. Uh, mainly, we can't mention the election and entertainment without Saturday Night Live. So we're going to do a little bit a bit about that, a top ten character bit on that, and then kind of dive into some of our favorite movies. Um, uh, as it relates to the election. Yeah, and <clears throat> Phil and I wanted to keep this lighthearted because everybody knows I can get stirred up pretty easy. <laughs> um, but but before we get into everything, I just want to say, uh, speaking of Saturday Night Live, uh, we just got to say that a classic impersonation, uh, uh, also, uh, an actor who is classically impersonated, Sean Connery, passed away today at 90. And so I figured I'd just throw that out there as to give a, a date as to where we are. So, uh, yeah, Doug, uh, you, uh, you, you set me up. I mean, Sean Connery was in, you know, a, a lot of our, a lot of our favorite movies, including the rock, which, you know, we mention a lot on this. Um, and just, just a great actor and, and a big loss. I had no idea he was 90 years old. I would have guessed he was probably like closer to 80. Yeah. That's, I mean, he's had that that salt and pepper, the gray hair, basically his entire career. Well, no, that's a that's not true because Bond, he was the dark hair. But for our lifetime, he was basically he's been an older guy. Yeah, you know, he's looked like an older guy. Um, uh, Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah. Uh, uh, he he got to but, a point in know, his career where he like if he was trying out for a role, he could just keep his Scottish accent and like. You know, he didn't even, ha- he was Sean Connery in every movie that he did. Finding Forrester, like I, I Stanley Goodspeed, you said from The Rock, but I couldn't remember, uh, you know, any of his characters' names in any of the other movies. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. With he's There's a few unique actors in Hollywood that have their own way of pronouncing things like Christopher Walken. You know, he, he speaks like this. And then clearly Sean Connery speaks like this. And then... Like uh, there's 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 just only a few that really that are just so um, I mean their voice is synonymous with their acting like you yeah. said Sean Connery like, Sean his, he Sean can't hide his acting in his voice Sean like, Connery just, Sean Connery had a brand before a br- having a brand was even a thing you know he right. was I guess he had his you know it started with James Bond and then he just you know he was just kind of like that suave old guy as you said when we were when we started watching his movies and. You know, it's it's a big loss, but I mean, ninety years old, he had a good long life, and uh, you know, I think the entertainment business will miss him. And we will too. Yeah, and I, the jerks will. We as just well. wanted to say that, but but the the main uh, push of this podcast was the the SNL again. That's why we brought Sean Connery because sure. you know he gets impersonated so much. So we're we're largely focusing on impersonations of political candidates. Dog, and our you couldn't have set me up any better. I'm going to run through what I did is I I set up a top ten list of what I thought my favorite uh, Saturday Night Live, you know, impressions, political impressions were. You actually, we didn't even talk about this. We had a very small, small pre-production meeting, so you didn't even know, but my number 10 is Daryl Hammond as Al Gore. So before we get into the Al Gore, obviously Daryl Hammond, 
you know, was I think his best impression was Sean Sean Connery um, mm-hmm. uh, in in all those Jeopardy skits that he did. But uh, the the I thought of all the political ones that he did, his Al Gore was probably his best. Um, he one had, quick one quick question: Do you think that Sean Connery is the most impersonated voice of all time? Oh, I don't. I mean, Trump Either is that, Clint Eastwood. Oh, okay. Like, Not, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Sean Connery, like Jimmy Fallon, every Jim Carrey, everybody does a Connery. You know I, what I mean? I mean, you, you did Christopher Walken earlier. I mean, I, I know a lot of people like to like to try to do his voice. Yeah, but that's one you can butcher, whereas Sean Connery just is pretty easy. Like, Dog, with, without having to think about another one, yeah, he's got to be a minimum in the top top five, like most most impersonated actors. Anyways, I just want to get that out there. So Daryl Hammond is Al Gore. It is absolutely Daryl Hammond is one of those actors who he can just seemingly impersonate. Although it's always his face, he can impersonate everybody he's doing so well. I mean, and it's more than just the characteristics. Somehow his face works with the entire getup. I think what it is is because he's so like vanilla. Like he's just got kind of like a blank face. So with all the makeup and wigs and whatever, he can look like anyone on any, and his impersonations are so good that you believe it. Frank Caliendo is a little bit like like that as well. So but you know who's you know who's most like that? Another SNL character is Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen yes. can look any ethnicity. He can look like a, a creep, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, whoever does, I, I, I've said this many times before, not on the podcast, but. In Portlandia, whoever their wig guy is or wig girl, like whoever their wig person is, is a genius. Like <laughs> you just throw a good wig on Fred Armisen and like Daryl Hammond, and he just becomes that character. Definitely, I mean D- Daryl Hammond. Just to go through his roles, he was Al Gore. That's the one I have ranked. He w- he played Bill Clinton as well. Um, he played John McCain and D- and Dick Cheney. And he actually before uh, Alec Baldwin took a shot at it or, and obviously owned the role. He was the first Trump on SNL as well. And oh. if you go back and watch him, he actually looks more like Trump than than Baldwin does nowadays. But I think, you know, as we get into this list, you'll see that Baldwin, I think, pulled off pulled off the role a little bit better. So, again, in true jerk fashion, we're spending so much time on just our number 10 pick. I kind of want to run through this list a little bit quicker. Um, at my number nine, though this person never ran for office or anything, was still a political... Um, person was Will Ferrell is Janet Reno. <laughs> oh, my, my conscience is so clean. Like that, I think that had to come up. It, it had to. Will Ferrell, much like Daryl Hammond, is another person who I was going to ask before we moved on if Daryl Hammond impersonated the most amount of political figures because Will Ferrell might be a close second. Yeah, I mean, I, I only know of George W. Bush that he did. I, I don't I can't remember if he did any others, but those two are the ones that stand out. He did Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Monica, the <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, I mean, he's just so talented that even though he may not look like any one of these people, again, with a, with a good wig and he's just so funny. He's just got such a good delivery that, that it just works for all these political uh, impressions that he did do. Um, I mean, the blue, the blue dress and him taking a swing at, at uh, Rui Giuliani was just maybe a high, one of the higher watermarks of, of SNL political satire. So, oh, absolutely. I had to I mention mean, him. I don't think that entire sketch is really even that good. It's basically just that clip which they put on his best of 
that's the funniest. You know what I mean? Like he, like the whole the whole shtick. Uh, it, it's a longer sketch than probably should be, but but yeah. that one. That, I mean, it's it's gold. That one clip. I'm picturing. I mean, Janet Reno was was a taller woman, like a you know a big a bigger woman. Will Ferrell's a bigger guy, so they just accentuate that. I don't know where they found that big blue dress that he had to wear. And again, <laughs> SNL, another good place that, that has wigs. I, they must have an, an unreal wig. But you put the, that two on, anyone could be Janet Reno. And he, I don't know, it was just funny when, it's just funny when he just showed up. Like I think, I think it was like one of those things where he walked into the room and the crowd didn't stop laughing. They couldn't go on with the skit for like 20 seconds because they just couldn't get over this big bulky man dressing up like Janet Reno. It's impressive how few times Will Ferrell broke on SNL. Like he always, although everyone was breaking around him and laughing, it was just he he always kept his character seemingly pretty well. Yeah, I can't, I can't uh, even think of one time that he did it. I'm sure he did, but um, no, when he did when he was in the hot tub with uh, Rachel Dratch. And, oh, that was Jimmy Jimmy Fallon was egging him on, I think, right? But he was he still he still is cracking up yeah. there too. All right, let me get on to my number eight. Um, we, we will see Will Ferrell again, spoiler alert. Uh, but my number eight is Norm MacDonald as Bob Dole. So, Doug, this is the one that I didn't think that you would necessarily remember, mainly because this was, the, I believe, the 96 election. But Norm MacDonald, Bob Dole had like these big bushy eyebrows. And Norm MacDonald, basically all I remember him saying was, I'm Bob Dole. I'm Bob Dole. I'm Bob Dole. That's cool. Well, that's going back to the voice. Like, that's, I didn't think I know exactly what you're talking about. I've actually seen the skit recently. Okay, good. Uh, and I don't know if he necessarily looks like it, but it's the voice. And the eyebrows. And like, and the eyebrows, yeah, sure. But it's the voice. It's, he nailed the voice. Yes. So I had to have him on here. I, I don't think that he was in too many skits. When I, was, when I was looking back, I could only find two or three. Usually it's like a whole season's worth, but... Thought that he nailed it, and I just love Norm Macdonald. I think he's one of the more underrated cast uh, uh, cast members from Saturday Night Live, and I wish he did more stuff. Dirty Work, maybe in my top five or ten funniest movies of all time. So, uh, but he has trouble uh, just just like um, uh, whoever we were talking about before. He has trouble not being Norm Macdonald. Sean Connery. We were talking. Uh, he has trouble not being Norm Macdonald in every single role. True. Like he it, he's Norm in everything he's ever yes. played. Like I just embarrassingly watched Deuce Bigelow, and he's the bartender, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, if, uh, if you don't pay for it, I'm gonna take this thing and uh, shove it down your pee hole." It's <laughs> it's, just, it's just Norm Macdonald. It is. He's um, got, he's got like that kind of dry Canadian humor, and he can't escape that. He is that is what he is. But I love I love it. I I would watch anything that he's in. All right, number seven, um, a recent one, and again, not someone who ever ran for office, but I had to include it in here just because of how much she stole the show with this role. It was Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer. Again, our, our second one where we've reversed the gender to play the, to play the role. But when she came on and she was just throwing the podium around and just being so aggressive as, I think she was, I think, what was Sean Spicer? He was like chief, chief of staff for Trump for a little bit. But... Mm -hmm. She just nailed the role. I think it's the funniest thing she's ever done. Uh, she does a pretty good Giuliani. I mean, she... she no, no, I'm talking a, Melissa McCarthy. Oh, Melissa McCarthy. Sorry, I was thinking of... Uh, what's her name? Uh, yeah, McKinnon. Yeah. McKinnon. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. I guess... I guess... Oh, oh, oh. Spitzer when she's... Yeah. Sorry. I was... For some reason, my brain went elsewhere. Um, 
But no, she actually, she absolutely nailed it. Okay, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of like the physical comedy and uh, that that was going on with that. And again, the makeup and, you know, she kind of had like all of like the, the, the rage that, that Sean Spitzer, Spitzer, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, had, you know, in that first Trump pr- uh, press conference. So um, wanted to make note of, of that. Just, again, probably a one or two time thing, but I think she just knocked it out of the park. Moving on to number six, I have Phil Hartman as Bill Clinton. Now, this is another one that might, that might have preceded you too, but I went back and I watched all of the Phil Hartman ones. There's one skit in particular when he's supposed to be changing his ways because Bill, Bill Clinton was pre, pre-election was known as just a guy who was just, you know, big in life. Like he, he just went full, full blown anything. We'll get into primary colors later, but they really get into like his eating addiction or not addictions, but eating uh, habits and, and all that stuff. So anyways, the skit is Bill Clinton played as Phil, Phil Hartman plays him is going out on a run and they're three blocks away and he pulls into a McDonald's to do like a political uh, skit and he ends up just eating everyone's food. So he's talking policy and, and you know, anyways, it's, it's, it's just really funny. If you haven't watched it, I, I suggest going back and doing it. Rob Schneider's in it. Chris Farley's in it. Kevin Nealon's in it. Chris Rock is in it. So it's, it, just, it just makes it. And I thought Phil Hartman's impression of him was really good. Well, Phil Hartman's he's, his, his voice is just is legendary as well. Um, but he um, I, so Bill Clinton was kind of the first presidential election that uh, the 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 Clinton election what uh, ninety six yep ninety uh, ninety two I think he was ninety two yeah no but ninety six was the first year that I remember okay so so Hartman was before that time and I, I I'm trying to remember no it was uh, um. Daryl Hammond took over, right? In, yeah, in the exactly. Lottery. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up with, you know, Bill Clinton. I actually, actually went to a Clinton rally uh, that I remember. Some of my earliest memories um, are surrounding some of that stuff. Anyways, uh, so I definitely I had Daryl Hammond as Bill Clinton. Sure. But 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 Phil Hartman, I mean, that voice. What, what year did he die? 96, 90, 95? Uh, yeah, 95, that? 96. It was right in there. There was a bunch of SNL characters who just went down, like Chris Farley. Like, they all died right around the same time. That's that's an actor who I think really was kind of cut short in his prime. He could have done a lot more. I mean, especially nowadays with, like, actors like, you know, I'm a big Chris Parnell fan. Mm-hmm. So actors like <laughs> being able to voice work as well as commercials, things like that. I think Phil Hartman... Really was cut short. Anyways, you're the but, biggest Chris Parnell fan I know. I gotta keep defending myself for the SNL draft. All right, you don't have to defend yourself. Your team turned out, or your squad turned out better than mine. Anyways, if you haven't listened to that, we're gonna be we'll post that again up on our Spotify. Getting into number five, I wouldn't call this a one-time thing, nor was this an SNL cast member, but it was so. Uh, he's just so spot on with this impersonation that I had to include him on here. And my number five is Larry David as Bernie Sanders. Um, (laughs) I mean, Larry David basically is Bernie Sanders, so there wasn't a whole lot of acting or makeup needed, but it was just too perfect not to have him play Bernie. I completely forgot about this one. It was so good. I I rarely, I rarely laugh out loud when I'm watching like SNL skits. Like sometimes like, yeah, it's good impersonation. Like, you know, uh, Baldwin's Trump. I'm like, yeah, he's got it. But uh, but this one is perfect. Like, just the, the mannerisms, the the age, the, uh, you know, I mean. The, the accent, you know, the, the New York the accent. New York, 
then just just everything about it was is perfect. They're two cr- they're two curmudgeons, you know. They're just two curmudgeons that look exactly like each other. You've seen people wear those. I'm not Bernie Sanders. Don't don't come up to me. I'm not Bernie. Larry David could be mistaken even without the makeup for him. So, um, and he was really into it too. He was enthusiastic and good, and had a couple of good one liners. Anytime Larry David's involved with any writing, there was there was some good stuff in there. So yeah, I don't. A particularly good actor, so like he basically the fact that he had to basically had to play himself with a script, kind of you know, kind of. I, I was probably some of the best acting I've seen. Even in Curbed, I've watched Curbed recently. He's just so he's worse than Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, he's just so on the nose and obvious. Oh, but. he's way over the top, and you need to be over the top to play Bernie. So I think it was just like the perfect fit. He dropped a little bit. He would have. I think he would have been higher. Um, had he been a cast member, uh, so it probably hurt him a little bit in my rankings. But actually, you'll see four through one here. It's it's, it's going to be tough to make any uh, argument against any of these next four being in the top four. So that being said, let me get to it. Number four, I have, and I really struggled to, to place these, but number four, I had to put Alec Baldwin with Trump, his Trump uh, impersonation. I think the longevity of how long he's been doing this, I think we're almost, he's been doing this role now, almost every SNL episode for about four years. So I think we're like a little bit oversaturated with with it, or at least I know I am. And he's no longer, you know, when when he first came out, it was just like, oh my God, this is the best. I might've had it, if you were asking me four years ago, I might've had it at number one. I think it's that saturation and the fact that Baldwin technically isn't a cast member that knocked him down to four here. Well, I, I honestly, it's awesome that he's not a cast member and is so committed. Like, gotta love that. But um, I think personally that the shit is not getting old. And like, I watched uh, him and Jim Carrey recently. Carrey's doing Biden now, which yeah. isn't that all that great, I don't think. But um, uh, Jim Carrey's personality just comes in. And, through too heavy but anyways um i think the fact that trump himself has like so many of like the um which i'm sure we'll get to maybe will ferrell or uh doing bush or uh you know him him making fun of the the couple of misquote or missteps that bush made like the the you know getting phrases wrong or something like that like those were more few and far between than Donald Trump. Donald Trump gives some crazy, crazy statements every day. All right, dog, talking- dog, I got to steer you away. We're not talking about Trump. We're talking about Baldwin. Let's just, I know that, but I'm just saying there's the content in real life is oversaturated. True. So it's not as funny on SNL because- Right, there's not too- Right, the, the, the difference between the exaggeration really isn't the gap between the two of what he says and what he's making fun of really isn't that big. So it's kind of scary in that sense. But getting back to it, I mean, just just the mannerisms that he has, the squinted face, like, again, the wig and, like, the, the orange face. I oh, mean, I think, I, think he just, I think he just nails the role. Again, knocked down to four only because he's not a cast member and because he's probably done, would you say, 50 scenes as, as Trump over the years? Like, I, that's a ton. I, I mean, they, they, there's got to be a, you know, I, I can't say that I'm a huge SNL, current SNL watcher. You know, I'll, I'll catch some of the clips here and there. But uh, but yeah, as I understand, he's doing it pretty much every week. It's pretty much his full-time job right now, doing all that. Um, cool. All right. 
So let's get to my number three. I have Dana Carvey as George H.W. Bush, the first Bush. Um, just really like the the weaselly laugh, the slick back hair, the, the overstated glasses. I think he was just one of, I think he was the first one who nailed, like really nailed that political one. And it's one that from my, my childhood, I just sticks out. So, I mean, this could be a personal you know, favorite. I'm but. surprised. I'm surprised you didn't have it at number two because I now I know what your number two and number one are going to be. You think you do? Uh, but I'm for me personally because I know what yours are going to be. I think this would be my number two, just because the voice, the look, but all, and just the squirrely mannerisms, the shoulders, and just like it's really it it is it's not only spot on, but uh, it's kind of before its time. Um, so there were like. I'm sure you know. I, I have watched a lot of older SNL episodes, but the the political impersonations were really amped up, amped up in the '90s, um, and it became a lot more relevant. Um, I think, yeah, in the the Bush the the first Bush years and then the Clinton years. Um, I went back and I, looked. I mean, it's probably just because it's our memory. I looked back and and looked. I think. Phil Hartman did a Reagan before this. I think Dan Aykroyd did Nixon. But like, you're right. Like it, it, they almost in the 90s, I think they had, it was Saturday night and Thursday night. They would come out like Thursday night. They had like a show where they just do political skits. Like that's how much want and, you know, demand. how much part of the brand. Yeah, demand and part of SNL's brand there was. They, they, they I think they did an, a whole nother night just with political stuff um, when it was going I, maybe it wasn't even the '90s. Maybe it was like the early 2000s. But like, it, like it really ramped up. It wasn't just one skit, you know, per season. It it turned into like a, a full time regular bit that they that they would do, uh, especially in election year. Um, all right. So na- next we have n- my number two, and I'm sure you could guess it's Will Ferrell as George W. Bush. Um, we I, he's the only guy on here that I have twice. I had him at Janet Reno. I had it at George. I, I had him as George Bush. The skit where he's in the when whenever he's addressing the people and he's just first of all George W. Bush was just such maybe the easiest target other than Trump that you could have as a political figure. Like you said, the guy just didn't seem that smart, and it was just a hundred percent exaggerated by by um, by Farrell. You know, talking about like I'm gonna work for you 24 seven. What was it? What was this? What was the line? He, I think he said, "I'll be here." That's that's 24 seven. That's 24 hours a week, seven days a month, 365 <laughs> days a days a year. A term like or something, yeah. It, but no, it, 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 the that's the that's the thing. There was more. I think as you made the point that there's a lot more uh, political skits uh in those early 2000s and there's a correlation between that and uh uh, cameras being everywhere and more there's more gotcha uh footage of bush than there was of clinton and prior ones uh prior presidents and political candidates yeah that's a good way of putting it that's what i had to work with was what was presented on television or was scripted or whatever whereas uh nowadays it's just gotcha uh, clips like you know, I mean, I mean, I could list many of them, but I won't. Oh no, no. I, but to, to your point, though, like probably of of the percentage of Trump's 
uh, presidency versus, you know, uh, let's go back to Carter. I mean, I would say it's it's up uh, 10,000% more. He's more on camera than, than, you know, like a Jimmy Carter or Bush ever was. And we're and you're right. George W. Bush was starting to get into that era where everyone's now got a phone in their or a, a camera in their pocket to to kind of get that on. The media is starting to ramp up a little bit. So yeah, there was just more of those quotable gotcha moments that that you could that SNL could run wild with. Um, before I get to my number one, any other Will Ferrell comments? But it's again about his accent. You know, the Texas accent's easy to work with. I think. Um, not only that, but just the, the fact that I think that, um, Will Ferrell basically just takes any character and throws his, like, it's putts, it's like putts humor. It's like, just throws his ridiculous straight face statements in there. You know what I mean? With like his, his, it, like I said before, he barely breaks and to be able to deliver these lines with his straight face and his beady eyes. Yeah. Like sometimes his eyes are blue and sometimes his eyes are black. Yeah. Like I don't understand what's going on with Will Ferrell's eyes. But anyways, his his ability to deliver those ridiculous lines just so straight faced is like it's that's his that's his his crowning ability or like his I think his best ability. It's like what I mean, why, not why he transitioned to a movie star, but why we all I, I think he's my favorite SNL cast member of all time. Yeah, when we've talked about that on past podcasts, but I, I agree. He can almost transform into any role. Um, and he doesn't have the rubbery face like a Jim Carrey does or, you know, any other actors who are known to just kind of do like that impression humor. But he's just so ta- rawly talented that you believe him as Bush, you believe him as Reno, you believe him as a cheerleader, you know, Ron Burgundy, whatever, as a news anchor. It's like, Okay, he somehow in another life was this type of person and he can just pull it off perfectly. Um, all right, on to my number one. We're already running over the, the length that we wanted to, but you know what? This is our podcast. We can do that. Uh, my number one overall was Tina Fey as Sarah Palin. Yep. Talk about someone like this has, for every single reason that I just stated for my five through two, insert that for Tina Fey. First of all, like Larry David and Bernie Sanders, she looked with the glasses and the hair and the butt, like she just looked like Sarah Palin, like a much younger Sarah Palin, obviously, but little makeup, little wrinkles here and there, pulled it off. Her voice was just spot on. She just like, I don't know if there is such thing as an Alaskan uh, accent, but she had Sarah Palin's accent down to a T, obviously dressed like her, and then uh, there, there was the opportunity, like a, like with a uh, Dana Carvey, where you know there was ways to just kind of twist her, her persona into making it sound like she was dumber than she really was. Well, uh, talking about in the age of gotcha clips and all that stuff, she also arguably gave more than George Bush did in his entire presidency in her election bids, like. <laughs> She just like she was always much more than like say Pence. Um, she's just always she was always on the television, uh, or was always you know she she the vice presidential uh, nominee for that for that year was 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 a was a a point of of, of focus and 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 uh, I don't know I, I, 
besides the fact that she's from Alaska, she was just kind of bizarre in her whole family life as well. was kind of a, a bit of a, a, a media um, target. Yeah, yeah um, it was. It was. The more that they dug into her, it was just kind of like McCain hadn't done his research and the media was doing it for him right right on CNN, right on Fox News, right, right in front of all of us. And then that obviously made for, you know, just just such an easy person to go after on Saturday Night Live. Like they, it was a, it mean, was a gift from God for from Tina Fey, that character just landing in her lap. I'd like to see it like they, in the writing studio. They must have just been like as soon as the nomination, you know, was was announced. They just must have turned to Tina Fey and just be like, OK, there, there's your meal ticket, girl. Like, go after it. Yeah. They made a 30 Rock episode about it where. There's Bob Dunstan is this is Tracy Morgan is playing this right wing Republican running for office and named Bob Dunstan and he is looks exactly like him and basically he's on stage and like the podium rips his pants off or he just like <laughs> sick at a chili fest or something like that and Jack Donaghy Baldwin is asking Tina Fey uh, no political stuff no no blah 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 no political stuff. And they just they're like, come on, we have to do that. So they they do a whole thirty rock episode on that. Yeah, uh, I miss but, I missed that one, but it, it's it it has to have been just like that. Like I don't know if the crew was all together when the nomination had, but I mean, it's their, like their text chains must have just been crazy. She's pardoning a turkey with a turkey in the background getting its head chopped off, just like oh, that's you can't write that shit. You can't write that. That's just it's so good. Uh, but no, by far she, I they they had to do it. Like, and that's why I almost have less to say about it because it was it was an obvious number one because not only did Sarah Palin provide so much that they didn't even have to write. So much. All they had to do is dress Tina Fey up with some glasses and the dress and the hair, do the accent, and you got it. Like yeah. it's gold. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, why. Yeah. Not only that, we. I think. <laughs> I think on our on our uh, SNL podcast that we did, I think we had Tina Fey as one of the top writers on. So it was just on on cast. So it was just. I mean, it was just the perfect combination of all those things mounted into an impersonation which is why it had my number one do you you so you agree that is the number one i agree yep okay um so going through my list i just want to kind of just do a quick overview i had daryl hammond al gore will ferrell uh, at nine i had will ferrell janet reno norm mcdonald bob dole at eight uh seven was Melissa mccarthy sean spitzer uh phil hartman number six bill clinton Number five, uh, Larry David is Bernie Sanders. Four, Alec Baldwin Trump. Three, Dana Carvey, George Bush. Two, Will Ferrell, George W. Bush. And then number one, uh, Tina Fey is Sarah Palin. Um, as you notice, there's some names that aren't on here. And I think the reason why I let them off is, let, left them off is because oftentimes they were played by two roles. So I'll start, I'll start by asking you this. Who do you think played a better Obama? Fred Armisen or Jay Farrell? I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, but I, Fred Armisen. I love anything Fred Armisen does. He it's amazing. I, I don't know what his ethnicity or nationality of origin is. Like he, uh, like he he can play anything. He plays a uh, in Thirty Rock. He plays a, a a Middle Eastern guy. He he you know he really is just a chameleon that way. And so you're, he's, he's you're, got, I, I agree. I agree. If Fred Armisen, so Jay Farrow is obviously black, and I think Jay Farrow's impression, his voice impression, is better than Fred Armisen is. 
But for whatever reason, I believed Fred Armisen. And Fred Armisen's not black. And yet I believed him more as the Obama okay, than I did Jay Farrow. It's just funny. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny to see like an awkward matchup too sometimes. Yeah. when So it doesn't don't have to necessarily look like the person for it to be funny. Like, <laughs> which is why we talked about the gender switch a little bit earlier, how uh, Kate McKinnon did Giuliani. Uh, or actually, we didn't. We talked about Kate McKinnon, but she wasn't on the list. Um, but anyways, in how uh, Farrell did Reno, and uh, I, I think it, it is kind of that. I mean, it's not. It's not to the level of blackface. Um, no. But it's like, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, it's it's a, a, a kind of a bad pick for that character, but that's why for that role. But that's why it's funny. Like yeah. Like ears are so accentuated, and like his eyes, like just Fred Armisen's delivery is just accentuated, and I, I, and that's just funny to me. They that's got the, they funny. got his hair right too. They got his hair right in that. So again, another perfect wig. I'm not even sure if, if Fred had a wig on in in all those skits, but probably a bald cap and then like some dusting on top or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, another one that I left out was Hillary Clinton. Um, but was also played by two characters, Amy Poehler and then Kate McKinnon in, in the in the later years. Um, who was your favorite Hillary? I think my favorite Hillary was McKinnon because of the same reason I explained for Armisen and Barack. Because she's, I think actually Amy Poehler is probably a better fit in terms of like the way that she looked. But Kate McKinnon's crazy eyes as Hillary is just funny to me. Yeah, like, that, that scene where they're both at a... There's a scene where Hillary Clinton is, is on SNL, the real Hillary Clinton. She's playing a bartender, and then Kate McKinnon is playing her sitting at the bar. And they're kind of going back and forth. It's like, anytime that they bring the real candidate and then the actor candidate, it's always, you know, it always kind of makes for a funny moment. Uh, so I thought that that was good. I'd probably choose Kate McKinnon myself. I was trying to think about who in the 90s, because obviously Hillary Clinton was playing... Um, was being played back when Bill was in office, and I couldn't remember which cast members member played. Anna Gasteyer was playing. You think Hillary? So? We'll have to go back and fact check that. I don't want to make it up, but that sounds right to me. But I don't I feel like it would be. Well, I mean, who else would it be? Anna Gasteyer. It wouldn't be Sherry O'Terry. You know, I. That's my guess. Okay. Anyways, we'll have to look it up. Cool. Um, and it wouldn't be Molly, Molly Shannon played Monica Lewinsky, so it wouldn't have been her. So, all right. Um, yeah which was really good um another thing of honorable mention to your point about the gender reverse play like like playing uh different genders an honorable mention never a politician never nothing but i had to bring it up because it, i think it was it was the one that probably made me laugh out loud the longest was was uh the loudest was john goodman as linda tripp do you, do you remember him playing Linda Tripp? There's a there's a scene no. with him and Molly Shannon playing, you know, when she was playing uh, Monica Lewinsky, where he comes on, and it was another one of those things. He just shows up, and the audience just went crazy. You knew ex before he even said, "I'm Linda Tripp," you knew who he was playing right off the bat. And I thought it was just kind of I don't know. It was it was a, it was a good honorable mention. All right, now the second thing that we wanted to talk about today was actual movies that were influenced by elections or having to deal with elections, whether that be true or fictional, most of them kind of put their fictional spin on it. Um, Dog, I did a little bit of research for this, so I'm going to, again, rely on your reaction to this. Um, what you want me to just kind of list them all out and then we can go back and talk about them or? 
Yeah, I mean, well, so you, did you do like a top five or did no, you No, I didn't, I didn't rank them. I just kind of researched them and then I just wrote them down here for us to kind of discuss. Um, well, so, there's, you know, there's only a couple that I definitely wanted to talk about. Vote for Donnelly. Oh, that's on my yeah. list. Black Sheep. Why don't we start there? So I have Black Sheep, uh, Primary Colors, Head of State uh, starring Chris Rock, Idiocracy, which is more of a documentary kind of with Luke Wilson, The Campaign starring Galifianakis and Farrell, uh, Game Change, Julia Moore, another good Sarah Palin uh, impersonation, Man of the Year with Robin Williams. Then then these are kind of like wishy-washy, but I, I wanted to put them on here anyways. The Adjustment Bureau, Milk, Recount with Kevin Spacey, um, The Manchurian Candidate, Bullworth with Warren Beatty and Holly Berry. And then this one's kind of a joke, but the purge, the election year. Eh, I just <laughs> threw it on there just because, you know, we just came off of Halloween. So I figured I'd just add that to the end. But any any on there that I missed or anything that I wasn't on there? Not that I not that I could think of right off the bat. Um, there's a few that I kind of want to pick apart. I mean, so most of them are seemingly comedies. I mean, there's definitely, like you said, the Manchurian Candidate, Idiocracy are all pretty serious movies. But but it seems like the ones that probably do the best or or kind of sit with us longest are the comedies. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I don't know. My dumb brain just goes right to Black Sheep. Like, so so I, I kind of have a theory. I agree with you. The, I would say at least 70% of these are, are comedies. Why do you think, and I have a theory, but I want to hear why you think that the majority of these election movies uh, are kind of more funny. Same thing with, with Saturday Night Live. Why do we like to see our leaders and our candidates in, a, in kind of a funny manner? Well, that's a good question. But I mean, I guess it's it's more... It's the self-realization that people like it, it, it. It's a it's a popularity contest, I guess, and it's like to the to the nth degree, and it's just kind of um, something that is misunderstood, and especially depending on where you go in the country, or is understood differently. And so, something like the campaign with Galifianakis and Will Ferrell is definitely targeted it targets a, south, a Southern audience or it, it is taking archetypes from the South and it's something to us, what they would, the Southerners would consider, consider us the uh, Northeast Yankee liberal media uh, <laughs> would, uh, you know, poke fun at something like that. Um, but again, uh, I, I think it's because of where you go in America specifically uh politics is so different and and you couldn't go you couldn't grow up here in new hampshire and just go to the middle of the country and understand exactly what they're okay i i think when you said that it was a uh a popularity contest that is kind of funny so we see that in like movies like mean girls like that's all that really is 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 just kind of a popularity contest another one that just came to my head was a Napoleon Dynamite, remember Vote for Pedro? Like, I guess that was a little election within itself. And all that really was was a popularity contest. And and it kind of, you know, Napoleon Dynamite obviously was a funny movie too, or meant to be a funny movie. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But, like, the, I think that those popularity contests are kind of, we see them as, like, the American public is kind of ridiculous. But like you said, that's more or less, that's what we're, that's, what, that's, that's what's going on here. 
to think about it. It's like the Bill Clinton going on MTV uh, admitting that he inhaled when he smoked marijuana. He and didn't he, inhale. He didn't inhale. No, I thought he did inhale. No, he said he smoked, but he didn't inhale. Oh, whatever. Uh, it, but it's, you know, it's that. But it's also that playing saxophone with the glasses, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's pitching a persona, um, you know, and it's, uh, and it is, it, it's, what, what's funny about it is, and especially before the days of, like, social media and all this stuff where, it, like, research about candidates is done to, like, their high school days. Like, every little thing is right. is analyzed. Whereas back then, it was like, oh, there's this guy Clinton. It's just like, you don't know so much about him as a basic voter. You just knew that he was, like, a, uh, like a, a personable guy who just, like, smiled a lot, saying, like, have a good time, and just, like... <laughs> You know, played some saxophone. He liked to eat cheeseburgers. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was like, I think of like Homer Simpson hanging out with uh, Carter. Oh, no, Ford. Uh, like, Henry Ford. 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 Yeah. Gerald Ford. Ger- Gerald Ford, like, right. Yeah. They they got along because he liked to eat, you know. Yeah, it's like. Drink, it's that drink beer, eat pretzels, and watch football. Exactly. And trip, so over, they, trip over sidewalks. There's a part of us that likes to see. Uh, these politicians as as normal people and and the way that you can explore that is often through comedy uh, because they as politicians are pros at hiding their personal lives and the and the the stuff that they don't want you to see they're good at that dog I don't know like, if you thought about this before but I gotta say I I kind of like your theory better than mine uh, well, what's here that being said so. Anyways, I, I was looking back at other movies, like non, non-election non movies, and realizing, like, why do people come up with comedy movies? So I was looking at stuff like, oh, I don't know, like, movies about getting old. Like, uh, I don't know, This is 40 or Old Dogs or whatever. Getting old is... Str- okay, you're shaking your head, but these are movies that are, de- are the bucket list. Trash that ever existed. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. I should have done more research, but... <laughs> So the, those things are, are, are stressful. Like getting old is stressful. This is 40 is, is a movie that's about a time where it's just kind of sucks getting old, right? And it's a stressful thing. Okay, I'm telling you, I like your theory better than mine, but it's a stressful thing. I think much like getting old. Um, have you ever seen Fun with Dick and Jane? It's about the housing market crashing and Jim Carrey and yep. whoever is. They're, they're making fun of something that's very stressful. It happened to a lot of people losing their house. Anyways, they turning a stressful situation is best dealt with with laughter sometimes. And I think that that's I think an election can be stressful on people. In fact, I know it's stressful on people. And I think during this time, rather than just dealing into this or or giving into the stress, I think that it's nice to have something that's related to it that we can laugh to. That being said, I did all this thought about that and it sounded so much better in my head. I think your popularity contest thing is a much better theory, but. Anyways, two, well, di- two different perspectives that maybe, you know, we can we can talk further on on social media. It's just it's it's the you know, it's just pitching. It's pitching a personality and personalities are funny. And, and a lot of times when they're hokey, they're easy to pick apart, too. Like, you know, often presidential candidates have to be these all American types. And, you know, they their their flags or their stripes are worn on their sleeves. And it's it's hokey, you know, in a yeah. lot of ways. So it's. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of easy pickings there, um, and again, some of them, a lot of our our, our candidates, our, our presidents of past, and 
presidential candidates do have some funny accents, some tex- some ac- accents from Texas, from Alaska, from uh, Del- you know, Delaware uh, now, and yeah, New, yeah, New York, and then, and then yeah, whatever Trump's his own mannerisms, he's he he like um, Christopher he, Walken, John Connery has his own way of speaking. Which true. Is just, anyways, um, it's a that's a good job containing yourself there, homie. Thanks. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think too, the, another aspect of it too, is kind of like the, the leadership aspect, like you kind of respect or like, uh, not fear your leader, but you know what I mean? There's this, there's this feeling that they are, you know, higher up in society than you. So much like a boss, like who's, who's the one that all the workers at work are going to kind of do impressions of or make fun of? It's the boss, right? Like it's that dynamic where we're the citizen, they're the leader. And so it's only natural for us to want to you know, mimic, mock, whatever you want to call that person. Human. Well, it's, it, they're humanizing. The, the way of making fun of someone in power, that, that, or making fun of someone in power is a way of humanizing them, um, especially when, you know, they have the ability to drop bombs and kill people right. at the snap of their finger. Like, it, in a way, it's almost making light, like you're saying, of something that is, is of the utmost seriousness. Um, which is, you know, in our lifetime have been wartime presidents. Yeah. Uh, What's the old saying? So, if you can't laugh, you'll cry about something. So that I think we choose yeah, to laugh. And, and you know, you're making me think that like these people, the candidates appearing on SNL, um, are, you know, that's in, in, in using that, that side of media to further themselves to be like, oh, I get the joke. I'm a part of the joke. Yeah. Like I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, wait a minute. I, like, where are in front of you now? Get out of here. Yeah, but there's no way they're not seeing that. So I think anytime someone does come on and take their lumps, I think it's, you know, it, it only helps their case. All right. So I know. You, you said you do not? No, I said, I know. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. All right. So, any, um, yeah, I think that that's a pretty good spot to probably end it. Like, anything anything else? Any other thing that you want to end to the ad, or add to the end here? No, I mean, uh, it did end up being more of a podcast about SNL characters, but what it is, what we eventually are here trying to touch on is why do we like to make fun of these? Because in reality, the truer stories are probably scarier than we actually want to deal with. So it's easier and and more conducive to our lives to just make fun of them and laugh at them. Agreed. I'll, I'll stop you right there before we go any further, but just wanted to thank yeah, everyone yeah. who's listening. We just finished up a Halloween series, which was really, really fun for us. We want to remind everyone to go out there, vote for your candidate that you want to. We're not going to sway you one way or the other, though you probably could pick up on our, a couple undertones that we had on the podcast, which way we lean. That's not to be talked about here. Go out and vote, and hopefully... The right man will win. I'll just put it that way. Homie? Go out and vote and uh, rest in peace, Sean Connery. Amen. He'll, uh, he, he was a legend. Yeah.